Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Hello, this is Akua Walker, nurse practitioner in pediatric child development and CEO of Moms Changing the World. Welcome to another incredible interview with a mom who's changing the world in some incredible ways. And I am so excited for you to get to hear from her and uh, listen in on our conversation today. The way I know Kai is through a mutual friend. I'll give a shout out to our our mutual friend, Dr. Rashida Jones-Aarons. And she knew that we would have a connection because Kai and I share so many things in common and really, yeah, really, she really inspires me in all that, that she's doing. And so I like to start off with a quote, sometimes a proverb, but today I found a really perfect quote by Taylor Podmore. And it goes, we are Africans, not because we are born in Africa, but because Africa is born in us. And I'll say that again. We are Africans, not because we are born in Africa, but because Africa is born in us. And I think this quote is so perfect for Kai because she so exudes such a love and a passion for Africa and a lot of her work and her vision has so much to do yeah, with celebrating the diaspora and reclaiming all of our connections to, to Africa and to the earth. So Kai Norte is a visionary and socially conscious yes. Black woman, business leader who is tenaciously leading the next inclusive and full circle regenerative economy with vegan ice cream manufacturing. Kai enthusiastically says, and I quote, Lay off the boob of the mama cow, y'all, and get on the coconut. (laughs) It will protect your life and hers, end quote. Kube is producing the next generation of the best-tasting plant-based coconut ice cream without synthetic chemical preservatives. That means no sodium metabisulfite. With automatic patented coconut equipment, they crack, shred, and cold press the mature coconut to obtain its freshest coconut creamiest consistency to make a clean and bold plant-based flavored nice cream. Kai believes that there must be a paradigm shift away from supporting big broken food companies that hide synthetic chemicals and artificial flavors in coconut ice cream and coconut milk products. Customers are pleasantly surprised that Kube has no coconut flavor. Only clean and bold plant-based flavors dominate with a creamy texture. This is why Kube sells out of 90% of inventory within the first two hours of online sales. I can vouch for this nice cream because it is something that I've enjoyed uh, at our friend's wedding because it does really pull in the incredible flavors that you come to expect and the texture that you would expect from nice cream. So I love that the triple bottom line of her business and her work is addressing the most critical issues of our time. And I'm calling them the three E's, restorative economics and food justice, racial and gender equity, and ecology. They donate their coconut byproducts to urban organic community gardens and farms in East Oakland, where the company is based. So Kai, I am so excited to have you here today. Welcome. Yes. Thank you for the beautiful introduction, (laughs) Akua. Yes. I so appreciate it. And then the the quote is beautiful. Yes. Thank you. So good to be here and talk with other mothers and community and folks from all over the world. That's right. So, 
and I'll let you, I'll let you lead it. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And That's sharing right. resources. That's right. Absolutely. As moms changing the world together. And, you know, we, you know, the first, one of the first times I think I saw you was dancing at Senegalese dance with our mutual friend. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. And so, you know, I, I have that yeah. impression. Yeah. Um, in my mind, often when I see you, it's just oh, the joy beautiful. and the beauty yeah, of movement and dancing. And I might have even oh, taken you. a workshop you with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. The dance workshop in yeah. March or yeah, when well, before yeah. COVID, way before way COVID. before COVID. Exactly. Yeah. We've Love known each the other. dancing. The dance. Yes. Yes. We've known each other for a couple of years now, and I think Rashida knew that we would get along as you know Connect. amazingly as yeah. we do. Yes. And we have children around the, the same park, age. Which, yeah, that's right. I remember and we met at the park with that's our right. kids. Playdates. That's right. Way before COVID. <laughs> but yeah, I know that was a long time ago and our kids were really little. <laughs> little. That's right. And you're married to uh, a Ghanaian yeah, as well. Yes. And so we also have that Ghana connection, you know, because your yeah. husband's Ghanaian. So we've seen each other at some of the yeah, Ghana community events near where we live. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to, you know, start off with, you know, how did this all start for you? Because uh, there's a lot that you are passionate about. So kind of take us to the beginning. Yeah, it's really I mean, I just really like big themes. You know, I grew up in a very politically activist family in Oakland, California. So, you know, we always had workers, AC Transit bus, bus drivers in our home and college students in our home from UC Berkeley mm -hmm. talking about how we're going to organize and redefine the future and wow. really support workers with better health benefits and advocate for themselves in the union for workers union at, you know, AC transit bus drivers to make sure that they mm -hmm. had health insurance. So wow. I think growing up in a very politically activist family, you know, we, I learned at a very early age that we as people have to redefine the future and what it looks like and how is that future going to restore life, health, joy, dignity, and equity back to people, back to our babies, the next yeah, generation and yeah. the various communities, right? I grew up where you question authority. <laughs> and I know mm -hmm. that's like an American thing because in other <laughs> cultures, you're taught not to question authority, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I know that's a very, you know, critical mindset, but it's also folks, you know, who have uh, in countries that have been colonized, have been taught to critique the establishment and authority. And is that authority, are they misusing their power, mm -hmm. right? These are questions mm -hmm. that came up a lot at the dinner table when I was young. So, you know, after college, well, I'll just say I grew up, you know, really thinking about why my health is important, why our health as people, mm -hmm. you know, is important, right? Mm -hmm. So that we can do the good work, the beautiful work yeah. that needs to be done in society. And yeah. so, Really, it's like all these different themes of self-determination, collective determination, having mm -hmm. an organic vegetable garden mm -hmm. is something that my mother loves. So she shared her joy with yeah. us and we yeah. learned the value of that joy of, okay, well, we're going to grow, you know, a lot of our vegetables, but that doesn't mean we don't go to the store and buy other vegetables, mm -hmm. but it's just that we have some self-determination Mm -hmm. uh, right to it, the right to determine healthy food systems for ourselves without yeah. synthetic chemicals. Yeah. yeah. So my mom was just an avid gardener. I mean, she worked too, but she loved that was her piece. That's yeah. her joy. She's still around gardening today. <laughs> in That's her own awesome. Backyard. That's so awesome. I think I think yeah, it really is because. You know, she was, a, that's where we had like real discovery, you know, discussions about discovery of the truth in the mm -hmm, garden, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we grew collard greens, kale, corn, and it was organic corn. It wasn't GMO mm -hmm, corn. Mm -hmm, it wasn't genetically modified organisms. Mm -hmm. Like we had those discussions of like mama earth seeds versus mm -hmm. GMO seeds. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. Oh, mama mm -hmm. earth created this, you know, it was a flower, then it turned into a fruit and then it dropped seeds. Whereas mm -hmm. GMO seeds are created by some scientists who have mm -hmm. a pat or, or company who has a patent on the life of a seed mm -hmm. to die and not regrow again. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, just having those discussions of why would somebody ever create that to try to control food or to try to control how long the food lasts or try to control what farmers can exchange and can't exchange. You can't exchange Mm -hmm. a GMO seed once it if they call it terminator seeds, like mm-hmm. it'll only create, you know, some corn and then you won't be able to grow the, it grow the seeds. So, you, so mm-hmm. it stops farmers it from stops working there. together. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. Like having these discussions early on was so important, but yeah, we grew like everything from raspberries to apple trees to blackberries, <laughs> cucumbers, <laughs> chard, like everything, mm-hmm. butternut squash. So we, we were exposed, my brothers and I, we were exposed to a lot of like really good food and like composting. And like, that's where I mm-hmm. learned about composting. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, in the fifth grade, oh, don't, you know, put your scraps here, your banana peel mm-hmm. here. And I'm like, oh, what's compost? And my mom's breaking it down. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is good, you know, organic matter that'll break down and the bacteria mm-hmm. in the air will eat it up and it'll Help be nourish. nutrient yeah. dense. Yeah, it'll be compost for, yeah. for it. So we're putting generation. that in, we're helping my mom. And yeah. so that's why we have a garden now. Oh, that's, that's why we awesome. Have, we have a winter garden now. Yeah. I mean, it takes some work to do because sometimes we'll, it, you know, we'll restart it either in the spring or in the winter and it'll mm-hmm. go throughout the summer. You know, in California, you have a long, like growing season, eight yes. months or nine months. Yeah. You can grow yes. in the winter because it's not so cold, cold here. So, yeah. yeah. So we have collard greens and we have uh, snow peas growing some butter, lettuce, and some spinach, and some kale. So like yeah. the green leafy vegetables are always important, to, yeah. you know. So we have those, and they do well in the cold. In the cold weather, yeah. So yeah. so come, yeah. So combined, like with with growing up around that, I just wanted to kind of set that as a stage for. Yes. How did I get this triple bottom line? Like, how did yes. I think of this ice cream? Like, I never thought I would be, you know, creating vegan ice cream. But you know, mm-hmm. I'm also lactose intolerant. My mm. husband is lactose intolerant, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and so so out of necessity, I learned, in some ways, yeah, 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 out of necessity, out of necessity, because we loved ice cream, and I'm vegan yeah. now, and I've been vegan for two years, and we're we're all vegan, but it yeah. just took, I mean, it took time. Like we were always on our food journey, right? I always yeah. had plant based foods like in my diet, in our diet, right. but it's just like really reevaluating you know, what things should come out, right? And really looking at, oh, 90% of Africans of the diaspora and 90% of Asians of the mm-hmm. diaspora are lacking. Wow, like, you know, doing a lots of research and reading about, well, who's not lactose intolerant? Well, it comes mm-hmm. come to find out the people who are, you know, not really lactose intolerant are from Germany and Northern Europe. Because 70% of Eastern Europeans are lactose intolerant. You know, uh, 70% of like Southeast Asians are lactose intolerant. 80% of the world is lactose intolerant. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, the question is, yeah. why are we, why are we on, why are we still consuming so dairy? Why are, are so we being forced to consume dairy? We're taught, right? And so, so, so all these like things came up for me. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. 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 So then for, I I like that you're making the, you know, connection to the garden, right. And the kind of started for you just like hands-on as a young child, right. Actually growing your own food. Right. Growing your own food and having my son like learn, oh, we have to have really good fertile soil. We need to go buy some organic soil because the soil in our backyard is not the best. And like, (laughs) How, what is that all about? And okay, mm-hmm. well, we have compost we can make at home and let's mix mm-hmm. it and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So we have like a lot of videos and pictures of our son. And even now, like yeah. he's nine, but when he was like one we and two, mm-hmm. we have him. He's like Out playing in the dirt with his tractors. His little tractors. Yeah. yeah. And now, um, we have a, a garden as well. Yeah. My husband that's has been nice. the one to help us. Yeah. Do that. And oh, I, that's great. You know, so appreciate that. Yes. Well, you know, and often in the winter, we'll also have collards and, you know, some of the greens that we can just go out to the back. Yeah. Out a few. And it's so nice to have dinner. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Or if you just want to throw it in a smoothie uh, with organic, mm-hmm. you know, mangoes or frozen mangoes or, or fresh mangoes or fresh pineapple oh it's amazing right yeah, and celery yeah. and spinach we add a whole bunch of stuff but I was gonna go back and say because they're so I'm trying to just kind of 
really help people understand that there are many things in my life. I think there was a good foundation of, you know, you have to be an active participant in the world after you, you know, when you have education, you don't just stop there. You stay curious. You, you keep reading, you keep learning, right. you keep doing, you keep figuring out what brings you joy. And then you add that to your repertoire of what you've learned, you know, within school, right? And there's some, mm-hmm. there, there are lots of uses what we learn in school. And sometimes you got to question what you learned in school, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and I'm talking about, you know, graduate school, like I have my master's in marketing communications and PR. Mm-hmm. And so it's like combining all of that mm-hmm. information on writing a press release, learning about marketing messages, bringing mm-hmm. that into my toolbox as, right. as a business owner, yes, but really yes. going back to like, how, why did I know about this triple bottom line of mm-hmm. economics, restorative mm-hmm. economics, right? Mm-hmm. Racial and gender equity. Mm-hmm. So equity, that's the second E and then mm-hmm. ecology, that's the third E, right? That we're talking about. Mm-hmm. How did I know to bring that together? Well, I'll tell mm-hmm. you, it was really about how I had this big question in my mind. How do we create healthy communities? How do we create healthy community, healthy communities again, communities that have really good food systems that are part mm-hmm. of a healthy food system that know about healthy food, but also people who, mm-hmm. you know, that are employed. We need to have people mm-hmm. who are employed, right? <laughs> so that they can bring, you know, money in, but not just that, but they're utilizing their gifts, their joy, their skills, right? In a certain yeah. sector. Right. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to see folks employed right? and to see, you know, young people have opportunities for internships. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. You know, after college, I started working with girls on teenage girls on probation. And so I work in juvenile justice, rehabilitative community programs and girls on probation with Alameda County. And so, you know, there are young teenage folks who don't have necessarily two parents in the home or they don't have like the support system that I grew up with. I saw a lot of myself in them, you know, Mm -hmm. like they were bold, they were courageous, Mm -hmm. they were expressive, they they wanted to learn, you know, Mm -hmm. but there were there were some challenges there, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I connected them to various community organizations. I taught workshops on like redefining who we are and who we want to be and how we want to be happy and joyful and curious and attract the right resources to us. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just noticed that the teenage girls were looking for attention, but Mm -hmm. direction and like good Mm -hmm. attention, like direction Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately Mm -hmm. they could only get the resources when they were coming Mm -hmm. into probation. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way the society we need we don't need to be criminalized to get In resources, to get resources. resources. Yeah. we should have resources first yeah. right we should have yeah. resources in our community and internships and guidance right mm-hmm. and so that's mm-hmm. what led me to wanting like my own business like I wanted to see mm-hmm. uh, when people are like well, well how did you figure out this triple bottom line it's Growing up in a politically activist family, mm-hmm. understanding that healthier food systems have real people, you know, creating them with people mm-hmm. in mind, with our health in mind. And right. so, you know, I, I understood that a lot of folks who were coming out of, you know, juvenile justice systems or the criminal justice systems weren't getting jobs. And so I said, mm-hmm. you know, I got to create something later on in life where I can employ formerly incarcerated folks, mm-hmm. women and men, and also returning mothers who are breastfeeding, right? And so like, I wanted to figure out like, that's what a healthy community looks like giving people second chances. A healthy community looks like building, you know, providing skills to people who are are able and willing to learn, right? right. Um, And so when I found out I was lactose intolerant and I loved ice cream, I'm like, you know what? I got to figure this out because I was already, you know, cooking our, our own food. We were already, I was already taking almonds and soaking almonds and making my Mm. own almond milk, but my husband couldn't have almonds. He has a whole bunch of allergies to nuts. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, let's figure out this coconut milk. Like, let's make it real, you know, and And it's enjoyable for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and enjoyable for him too because I'm like, okay, what can we all have right and enjoy together? together. Yeah. And so we went to Ghana 
Yeah. And then we went to Ghana in 2009 to 2010 and we had all these coconuts, pineapple, mango. This is before my son was born. And I was like, wow, this is the best. Like it's so mild and coconut flavor. Like it was my first time having a real coconut, you know? So I really wanted to, you know, experiment and play with coconut. So when we got home, you know, I went to the stores and the produce stores and really just like we cracked coconuts, we took out the fruit and, you know, blended it and all this stuff. And we were like, wow, we pressed the cream out. It was so creamy. Yeah. So, so anyway, so we, we played with that. I experimented with that, with the coconut cream and making really dense coconut ice cream. And I had my, you know, my notebook and everything and it came out fabulous. You know, of course there was revisions, Mm -hmm. but it was like talking to people who I didn't know to give me feedback, right. On the Mm -hmm. ice cream, Mm -hmm. because I didn't have Mm -hmm. anybody try it until I critiqued it myself for a while. Mm -hmm. And so people were amazed, like culinary chefs, vegan chefs, friends of friends Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I would meet at the park with my other friends, you know, to give me real, we would say, oh, here's real time. You can taste Mm -hmm. it, the nice cream, but we would walk Mm -hmm. away so they can be in their own zone. And then, you know, they just to give us feedback and people were amazed. Mm -hmm. They were like, this is like Mm -hmm. the best tasting (laughs) non-dairy ice cream. Like I don't even taste the coconut flavor. Like I just taste Mm -hmm. dense, creamy ice cream, you know, the bittersweet Mm -hmm. chocolate with cacao nibs, the toasted pecan with salt the caramel, the key lime that's fresh, tangy and bright, you know, so people were just mm-hmm. amazed. And then, you know, I would get feedback like, oh, we want the chocolate stronger. OK, so that was a good revision, you know. So mm-hmm. just going back, like on the process of how do you start, you know, your business, you start kind of like necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> that's so it's right. necessary, right, for us yeah. to like have really good non-dairy ice cream without synthetic mm-hmm. chemicals. And so we were doing all this research about, oh, like what does the other coconut ice cream have in the market? Well, it has sodium metabisulfite, which is a bleaching chemical. And I would call manufacturing companies in Thailand in the Philippines, they say, oh, yeah, we use that. We're very transparent about that. And the U.S. allows us to use that. And I said, well, why do you use it? And they're like, because mm. when we pasteurize it, it turns brown, a beige color. And so we're going to ble- bleach it white and it kills like any little microscopic bacteria. But they don't have to use it. I said, well, you don't have to use it. It causes gastrointestinal issues and hormonal mm. issues over time in people. And yeah. some people, they really experience that. Some people are very sensitive to sulfites. And yeah. so I learned, well, well, I don't, I don't want to put that in mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I would taste the coconut cream in the can and the can and it, it, the FDA says you don't have to tell consumers that there's 10 parts per million. You don't have to tell consumers that there's sodium metabisulfite in there when there's 10 parts per million or less mm-hmm. inside. And so mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, that's just not food justice. Food justice mm-hmm. is the way to know in your food. And I, I want, I want to know what's in my food. And right. I, transparency. You know, I was thinking at the time, the transparency factor was mm-hmm. lost. And I felt like, well, I should know what's in there because if someone has cancer, they should not be eating sodium metabisulfite and mm-hmm. other chemical, you know, chemically based products and synthetic chemicals right inside the food like we don't need that and so I said wow we need to really have local manufacturing of coconuts or it can be in other countries as well but I saw something that was needed by all people people who wanted to have ice cream who are lactose intolerant Mm -hmm. but wanted to enjoy ice cream again Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. they wanted a cleaner version of what's than what's out there and they don't want synthetic chemicals in their food yeah so yeah. that's what we're working on is making this more accessible yes, to people expanding. because we're currently in a shared commercial kitchen, but we're expanding in the sense where we've secured a manufacturing facility in Oakland, California by the Embarcadero Brooklyn Basin area. It's near Jack London uh, Square, but it's like, how do I say? It's, like it's a few, in the few Brooklyn blocks Basin away. area off of yeah. 23rd Avenue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so exciting. It might, well, it might be like just a mile away, but if, if some people look it up, but we'll be in there in the fall. And so it's really going to put Kube on the visibility map yes. locally, yes. nationally, and internationally, because there are many 
many countries, many businesses in other countries from India, Sri Lanka, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Ghana, South mm-hmm. Africa, the Philippines who are calling us now like, oh, we've seen your business insider article mm-hmm. and the video. And mm-hmm. do you have a do you have a license for this model? Do you have a franchise? Like we'd love to learn mm-hmm. how to make this. Mm-hmm. And so I tell them we're still proving out the model, but mm-hmm. let's stay in contact stay in because touch. we would yeah. love Yeah, we would love to be able to have, you know, this model replicated in other countries as well. So you're growing your business. There's a lot. Yeah. And you're doing all of this as a mom. So tell me about, you know, how are you able to kind of balance and and kind of juggle this? Oh, yeah, it's hard. It's never (laughs) easy. Like, because I don't have a nanny. I don't have I wish I could have people to come help me clean my house, but I don't like, <laughs> it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. We all got, we all have duties, you know, and my husband, he's, he's amazing. Cause he helps out so much. And he, I like to say he is my biggest investor. I mean, I just yeah. think that we do have a magical bond sense where we have very common values of what we want to see in the world and how we want to take Kube to Ghana, West Africa. Kube means the coconut in the Chui language from the awesome. people yeah, in Northern that's Ghana. My, so, that's my people. Yeah, so people always ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And Ninwe's Ga and from the Ga group. And that's all good. Mm-hmm. Like all of y'all are Ghanaians. It's all and you know, there's different yeah. dialects. And, yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. So, but I think like, I just want to, you know, share that Ninue and I really want to see your food systems that exist, right, all around the world and here. And we have to, many times as entrepreneurs, we have to know who we are. Why are we on this earth? We're not just here to take orders. We're mm-hmm. here to spread our joy. We're here to, to redefine how do we create a healthier system, a healthier That's food right. system or a healthier healthcare system, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things. Kube exists to restore life, joy, yeah. dignity, you know, and equity back That's to beautiful. people, animals That's in the soil. Beautiful. And so like Nino has a lot of the technical skills, like to create the website and to do, you know, different logistics and I have the other part. Well, we're both creative because he also takes mm-hmm. some photography pictures, but I also write. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, we're elevating. And so we're, we're able to really partnering together. Yeah. yeah. And it's beautiful. challenging because you have we have to know it's beautiful and challenging, too, because right. it's just, right. you know, there's times where it's like, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us we're we're we're, we have too many hats sometimes to wear right and then Um, you have a son right so (laughs) (laughs) yeah and making sure that he's also engaged in the process yeah so how do you do that sure we have just time for him oh yeah Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. we say oh we're not going into the commercial kitchen this weekend we're actually going to go to the beach and we're going to go have fun because Mm -hmm. you know with a small growing business you're not always you're not paying yourself you don't, you don't always pay yourself a salary. No. Yeah. Well, that's why my husband works full time. And mm-hmm. that's why I said he is my biggest investor. I have right, other investors, yeah. right. but we've invested a lot of money into this business. Right. Um, and right. so we have to take breaks. We pay ourselves in rest. Yeah. We pay ourselves in rest. That is so, so important. Decide, like, <laughs> you know, that's yes. how, that's how you do this because you have to rest in order to be insightful, in order to be a, a good thinker, <laughs> in order to be creative. Mm-hmm. You have to allow yourself to rest. Like sometimes I have to turn all this off, like because I'm a night owl and I could stay up really mm-hmm. late at night. But it doesn't help me if I have to wake up early in the morning because I, I know I, I'm one of those folks who needs their eight hours of sleep. But I can make something happen off of five hours of sleep, but it's still not good. <laughs> I hear yeah, you. So I hear you. There's times where we take off. There's times where we take off work or we take off. Like we took the whole month of January off. We didn't make product in January, but we did work like, you know, talking to insurance companies, talking to lawyers, talk, you know, other business stuff and working out on planning and the manufacturing facility. But on the weekends, instead of working in our shared commercial kitchen, we're hanging out you know, having fun with our son, you know, and going to the beach and just teaching him that there's more in life. 
right? Than than always, right? Right? And we, I think we as parents, right? It's easy for us to forget that that element of it. That if we want our children to live balanced lives, yeah, we have to show them that we understand balance as well. We can't be working, you know, around the clock all the time and expect them to learn how to live a balanced life. So then, and sometimes it's hard for balance. Sometimes you you will teeter totter, (laughs) and you yeah. So we're always finding it. Find your balance again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, you know, a lot of families, you know, maybe not who some families are vegan, some are vegetarian, many, you know, omnivores. So you know, but I think all of us want to make sure that we're feeding our children well. And I, I think the number one thing I hear, you know, in clinic and even, you know, sometimes at home is I don't like vegetables or I don't want to eat vegetables or my child doesn't eat vegetables. And so yeah. I'm, I'm curious what tips yeah. you would have, yeah. you know, for some, for us on our food journey. And I know I'm, for myself, I'm trying to eat, yeah. you know, I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm eating less dairy products and trying to eat less gluten and just yeah, yeah. trying to, you know, eat more plant-based overall. And so I'm yeah. curious, you know, how you've yeah, done that Yeah, it's definitely a family. journey. It's definitely a journey. Oh, yeah. With Ninway Tay, though, I have to say, like, I think it's a palate thing for kids. Like, I had to start, I started him early on green juice and green smoothies at, like, six months. Before I was ever vegan, I was mostly plant-based. And at the time, gosh, this was, like, 2011. Yeah, because... Yeah, so I, so his palate is is has been trained for like cilantro and parsley. Like he he would be three and four, then five and six, grabbing. I'm chopping up parsley and just grabbing part. I know that's like a weird. I thought that was interesting too, <laughs> but his palate has <laughs> been trained. Like it's very interesting how you can train kids. But if sometimes if they haven't had that early on, then it's through the smoothies. I think it's through like I would. I mean. I would highly recommend, you know, putting frozen mango or fro- what, you know, it's easy to put the frozen mango, the frozen pineapple water, because the, those are really sweet already. And then adding like a lot of spinach and celery and maybe a little bit of ginger. See how they do with the ginger just a little bit. You, you, you know, they, they, they want something mildly sweet. I mean, as humans, like we've been around fruit. So for centuries, for thousands and thousands and of years, right? Hundreds of thousands of years. So it's like, we're gonna, we know we like sweet, but it doesn't have to be overly sweet. I mean, I think starting out with smoothies, it's very helpful. I think the sauteing of spinach and then learning, you know, putting like pieces of strawberries or blueberries in the spinach salad for kids. I mean, it's hard, you know, it's, it's challenging because you have to, you know, every child is different. Some kids might like celery, some may not, but, but spinach, as we know, it's pretty mild, right. In flavor, it's the collard greens and the kale. That's a little more bitter, but I know for me and for my son, he's gotten used to that bitterness. And of course you can saute some collard greens and like onions and garlic, and then maybe sprinkle a little lemon juice on there or or lime juice, whichever you prefer, and a little chili powder. It doesn't have to, of course, it doesn't have to be hot. But I just, they're, they're, I just think playing with it and keep trying. And then if it's really, if there are some kids who are really, really picky, I would just start with the smoothies, like every day is smoothie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yes. they can get that fiber in and that the right. greens in. That's right. I'd like, yes. you know, rather than, you know, I like, I've started using the term uh, less adventurous eater to more adventurous eater. So sometimes oh, yeah. I think on the you know, we can, yeah, we can kind of put kids in a box, right? But if we say yeah. they're less adventurous and as they, yeah, as their palate <laughs> matures, like just like their brain matures yeah. and their body it's matures, so, so their palate too. And we shouldn't give right. up on our kids. Like, I love that encouragement oh, yeah. to keep trying and to, yeah, start keep off trying. with the sweet and yes. the smoothies. And yeah, mix in what they like. And not like. too sweet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mix in yeah, what they like what and they let like. them add some things. Let, get them involved. I bet. Do you have your son, you know, kind of helping, you know, with the food? To yeah. Have oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Not every not every night for every dinner, time. but like on the, yeah, well, for the smoothies. Yeah. And then he's gotten so into it where he likes to do popsicles. And so he's like, oh, I want to get out the frozen pineapple and I want to get out the fresh strawberries. And I just like, oh, I'm like, okay. So let's put it all out. And then how much of each do you think you want? Like what flavors? Let's talk about it first. What what flavor do you want? Do you want a flavor to dominate or do you want it to mix? And so just kind of getting him to think of what flavors do you want to taste, you know, mostly. 
So we'll, he'll play with that. And I know he did one that was super good and we loved it because he did two different ones. And, you know, it was the pineapple, mango and strawberry. And for some reason we tasted watermelon and we just couldn't figure out where that came from because we didn't yeah, add that any combination to it. But yeah, that combination. yeah, something something was tasting yeah. like watermelon. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but anyway, he makes Good yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, it can naturally evolve. Yeah. To like popsicles, like you said, you can, you know, if they like, like a, a non-dairy oh, yogurt or something, you can, you know, throw yes. in some, you know, for the creaminess if they want right. coconut. Right. So. And you did the non-dairy smoothie, acai bowl. Yes. I think you were saying. Yes, the smoothie right. bowl. Smoothie bowl. I remember yes. you were telling me about that's that. Right. Yeah. And my daughter. That your kids did, yeah, love that one. Do it together. And you can put the toppings on it. Kids love toppings and fixings. That's so right. Cool. They so do. you can get yeah, the yeah, granola yeah. in there <laughs> and the chia seeds. Yeah. Make it pretty. The texture and the color. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think the other piece is flavor, because if you look at the way, you know, children, like you said, grow up eating foods around the world, it's, you know, vegetables are always flavored you know, with different spices and herbs. And so oh, in other yes. countries, for the most part, children, you know, have no issues eating vegetables because it tastes so good. And so, sure. you know, I think we were talking right. about some of the Ghanaian. It's so um, true. Foods. It's so true. Yeah. How do you pull out the flavor? In oh the yeah. The light and, soup. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We were talking about that before. So I remember I was doing this lentil soup and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make it like light soup, you know, Ghanaian style. And so you know, I sauteed the onions, I had a tomato paste and a little bit of water just to set the broth right there. And then in a blender, I have separate purple onion, red purple onion, then a lot of ginger. And then I have a little habanero and I filled, filled that up with water and then blended all of that and then poured it into the base, the tomato onion base and set the broth. So it's like this broth, but it has like that ginger, it has the, oh, and and I forgot the blending of, it was the ginger, the onion, habanero pepper, and then a bell pepper. Some red pepper. bell pepper is yeah. sweet. The red, yeah, the red, bell, sweet, and then the ginger and tomatoes. I forgot you could put toma- fresh tomatoes in there too with the ginger, onion, habanero pepper, and the bell pepper. <laughs> and so you fill up that with water blend that and then pour that into the pot your sauteed onions and the tomato paste that has some water in it too you pour out mix it all up and then pour some lentils in there and it's super good like I mean I thought I was like is this like some bone broth chicken bone broth in here it kind of tastes good but I mean like (laughs) you know it it has I don't but there's no meat in there so sometimes you you know we think we're eating meat Sometimes we think mm-hmm. we're eating meat for the flavor, but you're actually eating the meat, you know, when you're on your journey towards being vegan and you think of these things like, why was I eating meat? Was I eating meat? Because that's what the culture tell, told me to do, but it's really not good for me. And people are dying from eating so much meat, the cholesterol and just too much protein. We think we need all this protein, but we don't really need all that protein. And there's other ways to get protein. Lentils are super high in protein. People minimize the amount of protein that they could have from greens, but there's a lot of protein in greens and in quinoa. Like we're not over here as serious body builders, but there are bodybuilders who are eating lots of lentils and greens and all other things too, you know, and they're doing more starch because they got to burn that starch off and they need that physical energy, that energy for physical work you know, but we think we need all this meat, but people are really dying from eating all this meat. And it's like, it's ironic that humans are dying. And they're also deciding to create systems of abuse called factory farms that are just inseminating, you know, mama cows so that they can be pregnant year after year after year. And, you know, it's hard on their body. They're forcing mama cows, they meaning there's a system called factory farms that just put all these millions of cows together and they're being forced to lactate year after year after year. And those cows die early because it's not normal for them to lactate and be forced to lactate. And so then they die and then people are eating them as as steak and meat, but people don't, we're not taught to think about the process. And so the further you get along in your journey, yeah, where food comes from, how they're, how the animals are being treated, and we're, we're taught that we need to depend on them 
right? For nutrition when we don't. So, so there's a lot, there's a lot of analyses to go through. There's a lot of consciousness to awaken to, to ask why are we so dependent, you know, on systems of abusing animals in the same way that that system has abused mama cows is, and I'm saying to people, is the same system that continues to abuse black people, African people, indigenous people, Latinx folks, people of color, you know, in the United States, around the world. And it's a system almost like slavery. So in the institution of slavery, our ancestors in America and Americas and all over were stripped of their babies. So just like the mama cows, you know, when she has a baby, the factory farms pull her babies away from her and she cries. Like mama cows are smart. They're intuitive. They have their milk for their babies. But we have to understand how this system is that their babies are stripped from them and they cry. That's the same institution that took our babies as Black people away from us, stripped our families. It's still happening, you know, in in the um, child welfare protective services. Some kids are taken away for other reasons because they're not vaccinated. And, And I don't think they should be taken away if they're not vaccinated. That's a choice of their parents. They're, you know, you see other immigrants coming to the country and they're being locked up you know, because they didn't come here legally and then their kids are being stripped from them. I'm talking about, you know, Kube is about liberating people, animals, and the soil from systems of abuse and chemicals that are in our soil, liberating the soil from chemicals, liberating people from systems of abuse. So just like I was saying how the mama cow is abused and her babies are abused and her babies are taken to be veal. Veal is that soft meat because those babies don't have strong muscles yet. And so we're relying on a system of abuse to feed us. And we're saying that's a problem. We need to reevaluate where we're getting our food from. Do we really need that food? Are they being, and why are they being abused? They're being abused simply for profit. Just, and you you know, they're, they're being tortured. They're being forced to lactate year after year after year to have babies that are pulled from them year after year after year. That is not a restorative (laughs) system, right? And so this is why we say the brand of Kube is about restoring life. The brand is about the warrior woman goddess in every culture around the world. There is a warrior woman goddess that exists to preserve culture, right? That's healthy for us, not to push down women, but to uplift women, uplift women who are creators, right? Who have babies and to preserve all life in the soil, the plants, the animals, right? And I know there are some cultures that still eat meat and that still do a prayer and all that stuff, you know, after they, you know, kill the animal. I'm not here to say or to go into anybody's culture and say what's wrong or what's right. But I think we should all question factory farms, that are putting millions, you know, of cows and chickens and things together to just exploit, abuse, kill, and then we're eating that food. Like we don't want to be eating that food. That's mm-hmm. the same system that's also killing Black people in urban communities, like having McDonald's and Burger King, and you know, pushing dairy onto those communities. We don't want to see that. We want to see vegan restaurants and healthier, nutrient-dense cafes in all different areas from high-income to low-income areas. And there's so many food entrepreneurs today. There are so many Black entrepreneurs and Latinx entrepreneurs and Asian entrepreneurs and Indian entrepreneurs creating vegan food. We don't need McDonald's anymore. See, see, these systems are not working for us because they've never worked for us. You know, this again, the same system that oppresses and abuses and slaughters cows is the same system that oppresses, abuses Black people and people of color. And I think more people are waking up to this. See, Black folks in America are the fastest growing group of vegans because we have analyzed. Yeah, there is a, the Pew Center just did research on this, that Black folks, Black Americans are the fastest growing. Our rate is growing at a faster rate than other white folks. White folks are predominantly the most who are vegan in this country, but the rate at which Black folks are growing is faster 
because we're analyzing how were our grandmothers and grandfathers eating and what were they told to eat? And they were told to eat, you know, large amounts of fat, dairy and fried, you know, meat, meat based foods. When in actuality, you know, our African ancestry, ancestral food is largely plant based. You know, roasted plantain and peanuts is like a real popular thing in Ghana, oh, like to yes. just get right on the street <laughs> and it. okra stews Love and it. spinach stews. Yeah, yeah and some hungry. people, <laughs> yeah, my grandma, I mean, my mother, my mother-in-law, she cooks so good. I was going to say my son's grandma, my mother-in-law, she's a fabulous cook of Ghanaian food. And we're always like, dang, this is so good. This red, red. Light soup, red, red, contomble, flaw, spinach stew, and she'll switch it up and make it vegetarian. But, you know, she'll still have her meat. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't go to other people's culture and say, you shouldn't do this. I don't point fingers. We're all on a food journey. And sometimes over time, our elders start to find out that they just realize they need to reduce their meat intake because they have other problems from associated with eating the meat. So they have some people just start to learn as, that. Yeah, especially as health starts to get impacted, you know, that starts right. to get attention. And you have things like diabetes that runs rampant, high cholesterol, you know, right. you're absolutely right that we can we can stand to kind of learn from each other. So yeah, I mean, I, I see you as a mom changing the world using your voice, you know, as a vegan leader and a social justice entrepreneur. So, you know, uh, what would your Thank advice you. be if, yeah, if somebody is a working mom or an entrepreneur mom who has a dream, you know? Or is oh, yeah. I say started? just do go little. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would say don't overwhelm yourself. I would say first write down what is your big vision? You know, what is it that you see? What what are your strengths? What brings you joy? I, write down what brings you joy. You probably already know. There are some folks I know who are making candles you know, and various different types of candles and different fragrances and some with essential oils, other that are soy-based candles, but they love it. They just love the warmth it brings. They love, you know, the different fragrances that they're making. And so they want to keep it small. And I always tell them that's okay. Like we started small, we're still small right now. We're not able to afford delivery to even send out to Berkeley, Oakland. We're based in West Oakland. Our shared commercial kitchen is in West Oakland. We make product, we sell it online, right? And then people come and support us and they pick up from us at our commercial kitchen and in the gate, there's a gate and we bring the product out to them. So they don't even have to come in our kitchen. But I guess my point is, if you are an entrepreneur and you're a mom or any entrepreneur, start small, just start little by little by little and really test your product, you know, work on testing it to where you like it and then ask yourself okay it's not about whether I just like it right it's about do other people like it too and could they provide me some good feedback maybe I should change this is it too sour smell here or like too spicy like what's you know find find fragrances you like I'm using a candle as an example you know making the candles test find, make some that you like, and then test it out. Ask, you know, friends first to keep it real with you. Tell, you know, tell them, don't be nice to me. Tell me like, if this smells good or if it doesn't, and then try to find other people that are not your friends. Cause you really want to find other people. You know, if you want to sell something, you want to know if people are going to buy it. Right. So then maybe have your friends have their other friends or just try to get to the farmer's market, but it depends on what you have. The point is, is to test it out right? And to keep refining and do surveys because some people are more honest in a survey. And that's what we did. We did surveys. So I think, and also be bold. You got to be bold and you got to be like, <laughs> look, you don't have to be big. You can, you can really just focus on, you know, small creating things and staying small. You don't have to grow big and there's no pressure, but ask questions. Like maybe you can look on LinkedIn and, you know, ask somebody, you know, who's in branding, where should they look or do a search on Google about branding or different things, you know, like just be bold in a way where you can ask for help and know that you are worthy of receiving help. I think that's the biggest thing. You are worthy of receiving help because you've invested in yourself already. You've already done a lot of research on your own. You're creating something that a lot of people would like. It's not for everybody. You're not, and remember, you're not designing your product or service for everyone. So don't 
feel like you have to get everyone's approval. You're getting your own self, give, give yourself approval to push forward and to learn the craft, to try new things and learn. Because a lot of business is kind of experimental, right? Like, remember, it's not about perfection. You got to get rid of that. See, some people, it's hard for some people to do entrepreneurship because they're so they're perfectionists. And I think that comes from schooling. Schooling is like, you have to have this methodology. It has to be like this. It has to follow these rules, follow these rules, and you'll get this. <laughs> and, and entrepreneurship is very much like you're testing. How did this work out? How did it feel? Trial what did people think? Okay. There you go. Trial and error. So it's, and it's iteration, iteration, iteration. Like I've had the same website for the last three years. It's time for iteration. You know, I got to clean some things up. Some things got to be changed. And I kind of have to like take some things out and revise this and that. So I would say be bold, be ready to experiment, be ready to learn. Right. And be able to receive feedback. I love that. And refine. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, we can't be afraid to put your, you know, kind of put yourself out there, put your voice out there, put your ideas out there. So yeah. And it's okay if you're nervous a little bit, but just say, you know, you have to take a leap of faith, like Martin Luther King said, right? Yeah. I mean, taking a leap of faith is seeing the first step of a staircase that you cannot see, but it's way up here, right? But you're taking the first step that you can see, but take a leap of faith and know that God and the ancestors are lifting you, right? Because you have joy to share with the world, right? right. And when you, when you're sharing your joy, you give people permission to share their joy. You invite, actually not just permission, <laughs> you're inviting people to continue to ripple that, right? That's to create right. those it's ripples contagious. in the water. It is yeah. contagious. <laughs> and, and we can do better when we share our joy. When we share our joy, we can help each other more. And then I know, I know what I can call you for. And you know, we can do reciprocation. We can help each other out and connect people that need resources or need to share their talents or this consultant need, is needed over here and vice versa. So thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that encouragement. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what have you, as we're winding down, you know, what have you learned about yourself as a mom? Uh, yeah, I've also learned that I'm always excited to hear what my son is thinking, like how he processes things. And he's, he's, he's also really learning, you know, about business. I'm excited that he's able to well, I see like as a mom, I'm, I, I love to see who, you know, who my son is, their personality, because I think sometimes parents and I know I had a parent that tried to force some things onto me that I had to shed off. Right. Like my dad was a doctor and he was like, oh, you should be a doctor because you like science. Yes, I love science, but that's not the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the the pressuring of wanting me to do science forever, that wasn't my thing. So when I look at my son, I always look to see who he is telling me. Who is he? He's telling me who he is, right? So he lo- I always see he's always building Legos, these ships, these helicopters, he's always building things with his hands. So he's telling me he likes to work with his hands. He's good at math. He's loves science. He's like, oh, I love science. He loves like all... You talk about bacteria and different organisms. He's like really interested, you know, in wildlife. So anyway, he's, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to learn who my son is and to guide him along the journey as he has his own skills. You know, I'm seeing them and I'm guiding him as well to learn new things, to look at what his strengths are already, because he's telling me he's a builder of society. So that looks like many things. He's going to tell me what that looks like. I, I don't need to tell him, oh, you should do this or that. You know, I can say, oh, you really like building houses on Minecraft. Like he's always building houses. I'm like, oh, you know, there's a lot of homeless people that need houses. Do you want to build houses right now? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, I know they need houses, but I'm learning. Leave it in. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love it. So trying to give him guidance, like, oh, you, you have skills. There's a demand. There's a need. There's a human need. Reminding him of that. So, yeah. And I bring him along to come pick up like organic strawberries from the farmer's market with me. So he gets to see the market. And this was during COVID too. Like we had on our mask and we had to go get strawberries to bring back to the commercial kitchen. So he's, he's been a part of the process and he's, 
he's learned a lot about all oh, that place. They're leasing that factory over there. Maybe you should check that out, mom. And I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't know you were paying attention, attention to that. That's <laughs> but yeah, awesome. I mean, I'm just learning that. Yeah. They, they love, I mean, he's like, oh, you should give them your card. Like he's, he's like, sometimes my brand manager, like sales manager, oh, you forgot mom, you should give them a card. Cause I was telling somebody about the business. So he's very interested. He has his own favorite flavors. Like he really likes goddess empowerment, but you know, I try not to make everything about the business because I want him to know he as a person is also very important. And so we go That's do right. activities together and plays basketball and soccer. And of course now he's not doing that so much he's not on a team right now because we're in COVID yeah, yeah but we still we yeah. have a basketball court in our small garden small area of the the uh, backyard so you know we get out and you know we have we have one play date with friend they wear their masks and you know he rides bikes with his classmate his whole class they all have their masks on they all have their bike and they're all riding behind each other at least they get to talk and say hey you know so yeah, it's it's challenging, but it's it's doable. I, I have one son, so I know there are people who have two kids mm-hmm. who have three kids and four kids. And, you know, I feel like my calling is really adopt another child in life. I think that the, the amount of love and joy that I have, I could totally pour all of that into another child and also provide, you know, my son with a playmate. So I, I may be adopting a child later on, <laughs> not too much later on, but maybe, right. maybe in the next year, <laughs> yeah, I can right. totally see that. Yes, yes. <laughs> because I, I would love to, mm-hmm. go ahead. I, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, recorded an episode with Dr. Melinda oh, okay. uh, Kelly Johnson about adoption. Oh, I love that. Uh, foster, okay. yeah, foster situations because motherhood, like you said, has so many ways. That oh, yes. So I love that. There's so many that. ways to mother. That's so, so true. Even if you're an auntie, you know, exactly. or a friend. Exactly. Um, that's like and friend have, auntie. That's right. That's yeah, right. my sister-in-law. I do a, have a village, right? Mm-hmm. That's helping you. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Yeah, my two sister-in-laws are so extremely supportive. We love you. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, they take Ninoite while we're at the commercial kitchen and take him on some adventures and go kayaking, canoeing. Yeah, they they have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say, so I do allow him to have other seafood and he'll have, you know, he's still we, we talk about the problems with the mama cow. So he now knows, oh, he can choose vegan cheese and it tastes really good. So, you know, he'll ask questions and we talk and he's like, oh, why do they do that to the mama cow? And he's like, yeah, I don't want to eat them. And I don't, you know, but he likes crabs still and like, you know, shrimp. And I don't say no, because I, I just understand parent when you're so extreme sometimes and you say, no, they can't ever have this. They'll just go and have it with their friends. Yeah, because I remember my mom said I couldn't have candy. And then when I went to my friend's house, she had candy and then I ate too much. So I'm just saying, like, it's got to be a moderation. A balance. (laughs) Yes. And and that's nice that you're allowing him to be on his own journey, too. Yeah. And we just Just talk about about it. Mm -hmm. Because he makes better choices that way. I've noticed that he'll say, Nah, I don't want meat today. I don't want that today. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. when you give them choices, when you talk about all these things. The reasons and the factors What's behind it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. That's great. So Kai, where do you see yourself ending up with Kube? Where do you want to take uh, Kube? That's a great question. Yeah, we'd love to take Kube. This is already in the plans to take this to Ghana. We really want Kube to be in Ghana for the people there to enjoy because there are millions of coconut trees in Ghana. (laughs) There's no reason why there should not be any coconut ice cream. We were in Ghana just in 2019 and 20, and we couldn't Mm -hmm. find any coconut ice cream at Mm -hmm. all. And we were like, well, hopefully somebody creates it there. You yes, know, but yes. we have a special way that we do it, so we'll still be creating it yeah. um, you know, okay. there. And it's so important to restorative economics in Ghana. There are a lot of folks who yeah. don't have jobs. This is a whole nother industry that we know yeah. people would love, right? Yeah. And we know there's a ton of like a t- there's Italian gelato there, but there should also be non-dairy vegan ice cream because ninety percent of the people there are lactose intolerant. <laughs> 
Yeah. And it'll add to the economy. Yeah. You know, it'll just really support the, the farmers, the coconut farmers and create new jobs, mm-hmm. new industry. And we have patented coconut equipment that mm-hmm. we love to bring there, you know, mm-hmm. to shred the coconuts safer, you know, hands free. So there's a there's a lot. You know, we think we think Ganyans would love it with the flavors that they like with pineapple, mm-hmm. with ginger and mango, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's the regular vanilla and chocolate. But we know, yeah. you know, Ganyans love pineapple ginger. So this is something mm-hmm. that we know will be a success there for people who Africans of the diaspora and visitors to Ghana to come mm-hmm. and check out, you know, in this beautiful environment. And then for for locals to come and benefit from it, too, and have That's great right. jobs as well. So, yeah. yes. So we really want to see it all over the world, wherever, wherever coconuts grow. But we definitely know that we need to restore our own value and our health by having this in Ghana. It's time. It absolutely is. And that kind of takes us back to, you know, the quote from the beginning that, you know, we are Africans, not because we're born there, but because it's born in us. And if we can, you know, have that full circle you know, back to our right. roots in that way. That full circle lens. A, a really, absolutely. Really and restoring and that full circle regenerative economy is really about restoring life and really yeah. restoring life in the plant-based ecosystem. Right. And so right. many people deserve to have healthier, delicious dessert yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that won't hurt their stomach. That's right. right. That's Absolutely. Right. So as we're winding down, yeah. Yeah. You know, I like to end by talking about self-care. And, you know, it kind of links to our theme this year on the podcast, which is renewal. And, you know, there's so many things that oh, good, yeah, yeah, coming out of, you know, looking toward a new day, looking, you know, as we're solidly in a new year, a new you know leadership in our country. So I'm curious, you know, what do you do for self-care and, you know, what does renewal mean to you? Absolutely. Renewing, uh, renewal to me means giving birth to like, you know, my joy. And like last night I had to get out. I was like, Ooh, you know, I haven't ran in a while. Like, you know, I try to run at least three times a week and I ran, I walked and jogged. I jogged like two times around. So I jogged about almost a mile and then I walked like two miles. And so for me, I have to either jog or I have to dance. Every day I'm moving, I have music on, I gotta dance. But I need that full hour to like really sweat, but I don't do that every day. But if I just have some music, as long as I'm moving, then the creative flow is moving through me. But the renewal piece for me, I have to move and get out either anxious energy or stressful energy. Cause you know, running a business is still stressful, but how I manage that is to eat well, eat well, but also exercise. Even if it's like for 15 minutes in an increment, you know, kind of getting your heartbeat up, you know, certain jumps, certain dance moves. Yeah. So that, that's how I do it. I have to do a little bit of movement every day, even if it's not a full on hour workout, but I try to get that full hour workout in like twice or three times a week, still yeah. working on like, I'd like it to be every day. So I'm still working on that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but know, even, but little increments. Is counts too. Yeah. I mean, I love the dancing yeah. as well. That's why, you know, if you know oh, me, so you know good. that I love Zumba. Yeah. Kind of music. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, of course my, you know, my weekly class out in the yeah. park you know, with our masks and everything is, is yeah, the ultimate, but. Oh, I got to we... come to that. What day is that again? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll share more You're later. You're still doing that? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. great. But it's, you know, with our. Oh, that's what I did um... for my birthday. Oh, what did oh, you do? Sorry. Yeah. So February 3rd, I turned 42. Oh. I never like to ever feel ashamed of my age. I good love you. every age, yeah, you know, shared you. wisdom, Happy joy. Birthday. I do not want that to be like a taboo. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I organized, I have my friend that I used to dance with in a company, a Congolese company, and I had her organize just, you know, a class for just two, me and two other dancer friends that we used to dance in a company together. together. And oh, I said, I want this beautiful. to be on the grass in the sun yeah for for like an hour and a half and so that's how I wanted to like celebrate Celebrate. my birthday dancing yeah dancing and good music and it was Congolese dance so it was really pretty and fluid and strong (laughs) and graceful all at the same time so so yeah that's how I wanted to celebrate that's incredible that's That's part of the renewal is dancing every day dancing every day even if it's just a little bit 
and yeah. music, music to uplift the soul, calm the soul. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I love that, you know, even yeah. if you just do a little bit, like we, you know, sometimes in our kitchen, when we're cleaning up after dinner, we'll put the music on and oh, sing yeah. and dance and you can really include your yeah. kids nicely in that. Oh yeah. He <laughs> love my son loves to dance. He's like, we're we going to have a dance party. party. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. And he's seen us dance. He's seen me dance and all of us dance like all the time. Mm-hmm. He loves mm-hmm. parties. When we would go to Ganyan parties, he, yes. he just loves it. Cut up on the dance you know, floor. So he's missing that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So, Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, same. I look forward and to being interview. able to dance with you again someday yeah, soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, really... I think you're still doing your dance classes, you're saying. Yeah. On the grass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thank you so That's much so for cool. having this I'll conversation. And, you know, Kai, how can people get a hold of your amazing, you know, nice cream? And or if they yes, want to reach out so to you, Kube. what's the best way to connect? Yes, please. Okay. The best way to connect is either on Instagram, Facebook, website. Actually, the website is www.kube, nice cream, K-U-B-E, mm-hmm. nice cream, like you're a nice person, kubenicecream.com. And so there's info at Kube Nice Cream. You'll see where you can contact us if you have questions. We will be doing a sale this month. We're still planning the right, the date for people to pick it up at the end of the month, but we mm-hmm. do monthly sales and it'll turn mm-hmm. into weekly sales as soon as we start to hire in April. So mm-hmm. you can learn more at kubenicecream.com and our Instagram page is at kubenicecream and we're on Twitter and I'm on LinkedIn. You can also find mm-hmm. me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Okay. Norte. <laughs> that's awesome. it. Thank you. Oh, that's incredible. Thanks for sharing your, your joy and your passion yes. with us today. <laughs> and thank you, Akua. Thank you for the great engagement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. for listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. There you'll find ways to connect with and support the moms we interview. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.